Brother Harrison always used to say this. I don't plan to stay before you too long. You have to look at when he said that, though. Uh, Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Last last Sunday we started um, uh, something that uh, I want to, uh, to continue. Uh, and um, actually, there's one more uh, in this series talking about making and development of a mission-minded church. Um, the making and development of a mission-minded church. Let me just say this um, while before we read our Scripture. Um, things like what we did yesterday, uh, that's being mission-minded. Every one of you was out there, I don't care what it was if you was doing, um, uh, standing down there, manning the, uh, the uh, inflatable rides or up under the, under the, the tent, uh, putting the plates of food together or uh, whatever it is that you did, whatever position you took in. Everyone that had anything to do in that block party yesterday, for one day, you was, you was fulfilling uh, uh, the call of a missionary, because that we—it's uh, really a mission work. That's what mission work is really all about. And uh, we've got to become more mission-minded. We've got to have—we got to develop more outreach programs. Um, that's one thing that we have fallen short of in, in the years past. Uh, is is outreach programs? See things is. It was mentioned tonight in testimony meeting. You know, everybody realizes that times has changed. Things is just, it don't work like it used to. Now, back when this church was started, and Brother Hale started this church, uh, and uh, uh, the power of the Holy Ghost was falling, you'd come in and you'd have a Holy Ghost downpour, and the Word would spread, and and, uh, and more people would, uh, would come, whether or not you had any kind of advertisement or or whatever, it just seemed people would come in. It's not like that today. The church is in a great competition. Whether or not you understand that or, or, or not, but we're, we're in a competition. Uh, every one of those young people that came on, the, on our property yesterday, we're competing with everything else the world has to offer for their souls. And we have got... Jesus, there was a reason why Jesus says that we should be wise as serpents. Hallelujah. We should be wise as serpents, harmless as does, but we should be wise as serpents. Hallelujah. We're going to have to come up with innovative ideas to what it's going to take to reach this generation. I'm sorry, church, and you might disagree with the pastor and not, not believe what I'm, what I'm fixing to tell you, but what it takes to reach this generation is not the same thing as it took to reach the generation 40 years ago. Am I, say, am I saying we changed the message? No, I'm not talking about changing the message. I'm talking about changing the method. And because we are in a competition... We're battling for souls. We're battling for souls. Uh, I've, I've come to a conclusion uh, after this after this uh, uh, block party, and I've already I mentioned it to uh, uh, to Joseph there, and, and maybe other two others. I said, you know what? Uh, just like we got this good deal on this tent, 
all during the, you know, the rest of the summer and through the winter. We need to be looking online and, and checking for some good deals for uh, to be able to purchase our own inflatable stuff. If we uh, in the past three years, Kessie told me that we've spent over twelve hundred dollars in leasing inflatable equipment. Well, you know what? That right, twelve hundred dollars could already have been spent to, uh, on our own. And we had people come on the property yesterday asking about using our stuff, if that was our stuff, and could they rent it. If we had our own inflatable stuff, we could rent it out to other churches. We could rent it out to individuals. Hallelujah. I mean, it don't mean that it'd just be rolled up and put in a corner somewhere and be used once a year, but we could use it for benefit of the kingdom of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And um, whatever, this, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I, what I'm all about, church. Whatever it takes to win one soul, it's worth it. Whatever we got to spend, ever how much I got to sweat, if I got to jump in potato sacks or do tumble or somersaults, if it will touch a soul, I'm winning the day. If I have to get up on the roof, if I have to run down the street, can the microphone and preach it, I will do it because hell is hot and eternity is long. And once you get there, you can't never get out. My Lord, we got to be more mission minded. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. A verse that some apostolic people are scared of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not scared of it because I know what it means. Hallelujah. I got upset with an apostolic preacher one time and said, you know what? It'd be good if we just take that, that verse of Scripture out of the Bible. That's dangerous ground. It's God's Word. It's God's Word. Amen. Hallelujah. Just because some people don't know how to quick, correctly interpretate some Scriptures don't mean we need to take it out. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Matthew twenty eight, nineteen and twenty. The words of Jesus. Go therefore. Go, he said, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. Let's pray. Fathers, we come to you tonight. We thank you and we praise you for this service up to this present time. We thank you for the songs. We thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for the spirit that I can feel moving right now in this service. Speak to us right now, Lord. Give us guidance. Give us direction. That we might go out of here, Lord, with our hearts on fire. As the song says, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. Help us, God, to get caught on fire, God. Wanting to see somebody saved, somebody born again, somebody filled with your Spirit. In the precious holy name of Jesus, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second message of this series, I've entitled, A Mandate We Must Meet. A Mandate We Must Meet. Last Sunday, we discussed and preached about letting go of the net. 
How many remembers that message? Letting go of the net. In relation to discipleship, the making and development of a mission-minded church, we found out to be able to, to catch souls for Jesus, we had to let go of the net. We found out that a lot of us is dragging too much stuff in our net. Amen? And we've got to be willing to let go of that if we're going to be able to get out there and do things that God wants, to, wants us to do for His name. Now, in the second part of this series, for the next few minutes, and like I said, this is not going to be a long message, I promise you. But in dealing with what is known as the Great Commission, that's what this passage of Scripture has been named and titled by a lot of people, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19, everybody in the nominal churches calls it the Great Commission. Uh, in dealing with what is known as the Great Commission, I want to talk about a mandate that we must meet. Now, a mandate is understood as a command or chief directive that has been given to someone by another who has the authority to empower him for the task which he has been appointed. Many times when you got an election of a public official where a candidate wins by landslide, it is said that the candidate was given a mandate by the people who elected or empowered him or her to act on their behalf. Jesus gave the church a mandate that is the responsibility of every believer to fulfill. Being a soul winner is your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. Hallelujah. It's your responsibility. If you have been saved, if you're a child of God, if you're a member of the body of Christ, you have a responsibility to be a soul winner. You have a responsibility to let your light shine. Every time you've got an opportunity to get a word in about Jesus, you ought to be sticking it in there. Hallelujah. Somebody says, well, I just don't know how to talk to nobody about the Lord. I think I made this statement before, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure, but I believe I had. The best way for you to talk to somebody about the Lord is just simply tell them what He's done for you. You don't have to get, get a computer, a laptop, with all kind of Bibles and translations, amen, and, and put down some big, long, fancy sermon with a bunch of Greek words and Hebrew words. All the, I'm going to tell you, more people has been won to the Lord by somebody else's testimony than sometime the preacher preaches the message behind the pulpit. Hallelujah. Most of the time, the message that is preached is usually preached to the church people to get them fired up, to get them willing to go out there and do some witnessing. Hallelujah. I want you to know something. I have failed you if I can't say something or if I can't lead you in some kind of way as your pastor that will get you fired up, make you want to go out there and try to say something to influence somebody's life for Jesus Christ. If I can't do that, then I have failed where God has placed me. I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. Catch on fire. Catch on fire. I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire. 
burning in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hey, they're out there. We seen them yesterday. Hallelujah. There are people who need help. There are people who need guidance. This dear lady next door to us came under the prayer tent. Amen. And tears began to come in her eyes. She wasn't just putting on a show. She wasn't trying to pretense nothing. But tears came in her eyes. Hallelujah. She says, I need prayer, Pastor. I said, what do you need? And she began to tell all kind of stuff from a broken marriage to a lot of other things. Hallelujah. But she would need deliverance for. Amen. And she felt the presence of God as we prayed together. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about, church. That's what it's all about. It's not about me and it's not about you. But it's touching somebody for Jesus. Hallelujah. The Word of God informs us that we as the church are citizens of heaven and not this world. Now, I realize I'm, I, I carry a voter registration card that allows me to go to vote. To let's be gives uh, that shows the election commission in the county I live in that I that I have a legal right to vote. But I'm going to tell you something. I became a citizen of heaven many many years ago. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Praise God. This world is not our home. As such, follow me now just for a few minutes. As such, the time that we spend on earth is a mission to be ambassadors of heaven, to represent the lost, amen, of this, uh, of this world, the gospel which can save them. We are ambassadors. Our nation has ambassadors. They send to virtually every other country in the world. No matter what country you go to, you go to Germany, you go to Russia, you go uh, uh, to uh, Switzerland, whatever country, I guarantee you somewhere in the capital city of that nation, you'll find an embassy, a United States embassy. And you can go in there. Has anybody ever went into an embassy of America if you was on in a foreign country? Maybe if you was in another in another country and you went into an embassy. Sometimes you know, especially if you're on the service, sometimes you get an opportunity to go or whatever. If you ever went to an embassy, you're in a here you are in a foreign country, and maybe you're everywhere out on the outside you're in a, a different language, brother Douglas, that 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 you don't know. You see all kind of customs that you're not acquainted with. There, there are they are there are smells, you know, that that you don't uh, uh, comprehend. There's all kind of things. But but if you can step inside a United States embassy, and whatever nation you're in, as soon as you step inside there, you're going to see things, you're going to hear things that remind you of home. Follow me now for a minute. Now, we are citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. We are here on a mission. 
Hallelujah. And this church house, sitting right here in East Nashville, Tennessee, to, to the world who looks around us, they say, well, that's just another Pentecostal church sitting over there. Not too much. Now I want you to know something. Hallelujah. Amen. This here is an embassy. It's an embassy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's an embassy of heaven. Hallelujah. Because when you go out there, Brother Joseph, there's a lot of things that seem strange to us. There's a lot of things that makes us feel uncomfortable. I get out there with people who are supposed to be my friends that I work with, and I just hear them talk, and I get uncomfortable because I don't like some of the things they say when they talk. And sometimes I feel uneasy. Even when I go to some of my family's home, hallelujah, I feel uneasy. Oh, but I want you to know something. When I step in God's house right here, oh, that's something automatically reminds me of home, glory. Oh, I feel something that reminds me of home. Hallelujah, I smell something that reminds me of home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Brother Paul, there's something wrong with any church that you walk into that you can't detect the difference just in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Brother Dallas, when you walk into a church anywhere, hallelujah, it's an embassy. It's supposed to be an embassy representing heaven. And when you step in, there should be some things around here to remind people to come in of heaven. Hallelujah. There should be a different spirit here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There should be a love right here. Hallelujah. There shouldn't be no fight, no grumbling, no squirming, no confusion. Hallelujah. We are representing something right here. This is an embassy, glory to God. Hallelujah. Just walking in, I can feel. Hallelujah. This is close. This is as close to heaven as you'll ever get in this life. And if you can't say that about your church, there's a problem. Hallelujah. There's a problem. Hallelujah. So we are ambassadors. We represent. Hallelujah. Glory. The church is on a mission. We represent Jesus Christ to a lost world. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is the empowering factor that enables us to complete our mission. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. I'll give Sean a chance to put that up, or I didn't give him the Scriptures, I don't think, tonight. But 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. It just brings out, amen, what I just said. Hallelujah. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 20. Now, then... We are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Notice that now. We pray you in Christ's stead. All these people that came on our property yesterday, they could not see Jesus Christ. They could not physically look at Him. They could not physically touch him and handle him. But every one of us walking out there in those purple shirts, 
with Christ Family Church on it. That was for the for that day. That was a uniform that we was wearing of heaven, and we was representatives. We were ambassadors, and those kids and everybody else, when they look at us, they're saying they need to see Jesus. When they hear us speak, they need to hear Jesus. As somebody said, you don't know what kind of conditions those kids were raised up in. Hallelujah. If I'm, if I'm standing over there manning some kind of riding, and there's a bunch of kids coming in there, and they, and, and they uh, uh, jump in line doing all the things, they don't need to have me speaking, you know, want to slap them beside head. Get out of here. You can't ride this anymore. You just got through jumping, jumping line. You can't blame a child for something that the parents did or didn't do. They need to see the love of God in our hearts, in our lives. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're a member of this congregation and you call this your home church and you call me your pastor, there may be some times that I might pull you to the side and we might have a little bit of talk. If I feel like if there's something just quite ain't right. I'm going to tell you something. I'll do that because I love you. And that's what God has placed me here for. Hallelujah. And, there, and there's, there's not a whole lot of times that, that becomes necessary. And I thank, I thank God for that. But I want you to know and understand, if the Spirit of God spoke to me that it needed to be done, I would do it. I would definitely do it. But sometimes there might be a visitor coming here. They might dress in such a way that's just completely, you know, irrational for anybody to dress to come to the house of God. And if I was to see you come here dressing like that, I'd, I'd have you by the ear before you got halfway up here. We'd be in the back. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you think... You think I'm going to say a word to somebody coming in? Because they're searching for something. And I want them to see something they ain't seen at home. I want them to see something that they ain't seen in some other church where deacons or, or ushers met them at the door and say, you need to go on home. You don't look right or you don't smell right. What's that? I think I smell alcohol on you. You've been drinking. You need to leave. Now, you know I'm telling right, but that stuff goes on in Pentecostal churches. But I'm going to tell you something that's worse than somebody coming in dressed like quite white or maybe under influence is an ambassador for Jesus showing out in such a kind of way. That's wrong. Hallelujah. I preached last Sunday about Jesus said making you fishers of men. You cannot clean fish until you catch them. We've been running around trying to catch something we don't even have in our hands. Sister Darlene had something in a bulletin two or three weeks ago about you can you can catch more flies with Honey, rather than rather than vinegar. Hallelujah! There's some truth to that. 
<laughs> Glory to God. Amen. We are representatives of heaven. We need to always make sure that the atmosphere in here is right. This should be an atmosphere of heaven. You shouldn't have the same atmosphere right here you've got in your living room at home. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that, uh, that, uh, that you don't have a, a godly atmosphere at home. That's what I'm saying. But, but this place is set aside to be an embassy. A place that will mind that if people come through that door looking for God, there should be sights, there should be sounds, there should be an atmosphere to make them say, hey, I think I might be able to find Him here. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. So he says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. God, as to God beseech you by us, we pray you to, in Christ's stead to be reconciled. That's what we're trying to do is tell people, hey, you've got to get reconciled to God. You've got to become reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Why is this important? Number one, church, everybody has the right to know. Everybody has the right to know. And you would think... That in the day and age we live, this is called the information age. I mean, you know, they come up, you know, with the uh, information superhighway, you know, the, the, the Internet, the superhighway, you know, that uh, thank God if it wasn't for Al Gore, we wouldn't have. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, this is supposed to be the information age. And... uh in such an information age, you would think everybody knows, but I'm going to tell you, there are more people, people know less about God, about His book today, than in any, any generation. Hallelujah. I mean, and, and the church has been part of, the, part of the reason for it. Is it all right if I just talk to you just a few minutes just before the rubber meets the road? Um, people are... People don't know uh, as much about God's Word because, because a lot of times people in the gospel, they promote and advocate things that's just that's not sound doctrine. And people don't understand. Uh, there's, there's certain gospel songs that, that, I, that I just simply uh, I don't sing. Sometimes gospel songwriters, no matter what field that you like, if it's contemporary, even if it's southern gospel or if it's bluegrass gospel or whatever kind, there are songs out there, and just about all of them, that songwriters have wrote, wrote songs and they put things together just so it'll rhyme, but they have no idea at all that what they're singing about is totally scriptural. One song come out years ago, <laughs> and the whole song, I like the whole song but one part, but because of one part, I just don't, I don't sing it. It talks about heaven. It says, there's a golden street I'm going to walk upon, and a bell I'm going to ring. I wish somebody, I've been preaching for 40 years, been in church longer than that, and I've read the Bible through, I don't know how many times, but I ain't found nothing about no bell ringing. 
I wish somebody would tell me and show me where that's at. Why was it put in that song? To fill up a space that needed a space to create a rhyme. Hallelujah. So you so you got lightheads running around here that really don't know a lot of God. Praise God, I'm going to get to him. I'm going to start ringing the bell. <laughs> yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's less knowledge of the Word of God and the truth of the Word of God in this world today than it ever has been. Hallelujah. People don't take the time to study. But everybody's got the right to know. They got the right to know that they were born in sin. Hallelujah. They got the right to know that they were alienated from God from the birth. They got the right to know that they are doomed to be lost unless they're born again. And church, somebody, some church somewhere has got to tell these people that it takes more than shaking a preacher's hand to get them born again. Somebody's got to tell somebody that it takes more to sign in their name on a roll book of a church to get them saved. That's why I quoted the Scriptures that I quoted yesterday in John chapter 3 where Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again by the water and the Spirit. You don't hear that in modern denominational churches. That's why I quoted Acts 2.38 because Acts 2.38 tells you how to be born of the water and the Spirit. Hallelujah. Matthew 28, 19. Acts 2, 38 tells you how to follow Matthew 28, 19. Hallelujah. You repent and you get baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Hallelujah. Then you've got the option of the Holy Ghost and all. The Holy Ghost is not an option. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got a mandate, church. I'm fixing to close. And I'm going to close by saying this. The responsibility rests on us. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. The Apostle Paul said something here that should really hit us all. Uh, uh, at home, right here. First Corinthians nine sixteen. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Everybody should take that word, even though that you ain't called directly to preach. But every one of us should say, "Woe is me if I don't, if I if I'm not a witness of this gospel." If I don't shed the light of this truth, if I don't share the love of Christ to somebody, hallelujah. Let me, let me say this in closing. Uh, take some time with somebody. Try to become a friend to somebody before you lay the whole ball of wax on them. Hallelujah. Take a little time. Don't just meet somebody for the first time. Hey, boy, you ever been baptized in Jesus' name? No, I don't know what that is. Well, man, don't you know you're going to hell? If I just meet you the first time, take a little time. A soul is worth some time. 
maybe the first time you ever meet somebody and talk to somebody might not be the right opportunity for you to bring up anything about God or church. He that winneth souls is wise. We had a powerful move of God for the first few months in Bowling Green. And there was one month where I baptized 25 new converts. These ain't people who've been reducted and restacked and <laughs> dumped again. These were people who never had been baptized before. And uh, uh, and uh, in that six in that six months time period, we we seen the church grow from 75 people to 100, 150 people, 150 members. We had 150 members, and there was almost 200 there in service every Sunday. But you know, but you know how I was, I was we was getting people inviting Sister Dolly and I to go here and go there and visit people and stuff. And uh, we was invited over to somebody's house one Sunday. And uh, uh, this man went to church. He had a brother. Uh, never did go to church. And uh, and we came in over there, and, uh, uh, and they was in the kitchen. The ladies was cooking. And uh, they, uh, uh, she told me, she says, her husband and uh, his brother was in, in there in the den uh, watching, watching a football game. And so I could go on, go on back there. Well, I went back in the den. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I watch things every now and then. But, you know, I'm a, being, a, being a sports fan, I, I've never really been no sports fan. It's just not, I mean, I didn't get involved in that when I was younger. My, my deal was music. I was, I, I was, I was trying to pro- play, learn how to play every instrument ever was created. You know, that's what I was into. And so I didn't have time to get on the football field, the baseball field, and all that. You know, I spent my time, and I never was a sports fan. But I knew this man didn't go to church. So I went in and sat down, and I said, who's playing? He told me. I said, and I asked a few people to sit there and watch, you know, and watched a few plays of the game and everything. And a couple plays were maybe pretty good. I said, man, that was, that was good. I said, that guy knew what he was doing. And I didn't say a word to him about the Bible, about the church or nothing. He said, dinner was ready. We ate dinner. And, uh, and then it come time we, we had, to, had to leave, and we said our goodbyes. And, uh, uh, and I shook hands with him again. I said, hey, man, it was great to meet you. I said, uh, hope to meet you again sometime. I said, if you, ever, if you ever get some free time, I said, stop by the church over here on Barron River Road. I said, and visit sometime if you don't go to church nowhere. And that's all I said to him. Left. The next Sunday morning, guess who was sitting in church by his brother? And after church, after church, his brother come to me. He said, Brother Sam, he said, I just want to tell you something. He said, after you left the other week, he said, you impressed my brother so much. I says, what do you, what do you mean? He said, he's always been scared to death of preachers because he just knew when he found out a preacher's going to be there, he was going to get preached on up one end down the other. He said, it impressed him that you didn't say a word to him. He said it impressed him that you actually sat there and watched a football game with him. And said, as soon as you left, he looked at me. He said, "You know." He told me. He said, "You know what?" He said, "I'm gonna go to church with you next Sunday." He said, "Just the way that guy acts." He said, "I think I'd like to hear him preach one time." And guess what? Within three weeks, he was at the altar. On the fourth week, I baptized him in Jesus' name. I bab. 
and he had he had a son about this high, about seven or eight years old, and I baptized his son with him. Hallelujah. Glory. That's what I'm talking about, church. We got to be mission minded. We 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 got to we got to be there. There there's a term that um, that I, I ain't heard nobody else say. I, so I, I don't know if I if I coined the word or, or saying or not, but this is something that I I've had in my spirit for some time now, and I've been praying this for God help me to be soul conscious. I want to be conscious of souls. When I see somebody, I don't want to see what they got on or what they don't got on. I don't want to see what they're saying or hear what they're saying or whatever. I want when I look at somebody, I want to see there's a soul there. And let, let me look at them the way God looks at them. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God don't look at me the way I am. He looks at me the way I can be. Hello. I still got some things that's got to be ironed out. Hallelujah. As I told you all a couple of weeks ago, thank God. I know I'm not everything I should be, but praise God I'm not what I used to be. Hallelujah. And you know what we need to do? We need to give those people the same kind of benefit and mercy as God gives us. Let's stand together. Praise God. If anybody has a need tonight, amen, you need to come talk to the Lord to have somebody to pray with you. Amen. I'm over here right now at the keyboard, but we got other ministers and people that can pray. Hallelujah. I'd be glad to stop this too if I have to and pray with you. But if you need to talk to the Lord, we want to give you an opportunity. Hallelujah. Thank God. If Brother Joseph would give me something on my keyboard here, we'll sing. Hallelujah. Worship God together tonight. We'll open.